Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Turn to glory. We are back following a Nebraska victory. Doesn't happen very often this year, but they did beating Purdue 37 to 27. I'm Hunter Zarbernicki here with Austin Rose, and we're going to be doing a Purdue recap and talking a little bit of Nebraska basketball. Austin, how have you been? I've been well. You know, we actually had a win, which was very refreshing, and it was a it was an enjoyable game to watch for the most part. Like there wasn't a lot of times where I was pulling my hair out, you know, like we scored over 35 points, which Frost is 8-0 or whatever, something like that when he scores over 35. So it was an enjoyable game. And then basically it's been hanging out Christmas season, you know. Christmas season. And that was the highest scoring game this year. We say it was enjoyable, but – there was a point there in the third, early fourth that I don't care who you are. Oh my God. It was just ugly. Um, Just penalties by both teams. Chippy. It it just, it looked like it was two bad teams trying to see who could be worse. And like that, that hit me at one point. I'm like, good Lord. I hope nobody else in the country is watching this game, but a win's a win. It wasn't too bad up until that. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about, that stretch where it was literally every other – every play was a penalty. And they every were like – they were, they were penalties that were warranted. Like, they were good calls. Right. There might have been one or two that were like, eh, you probably could have let that one go. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and I agree. So, anyways, we looked good at some points. Um, we also had our moments that it just looked completely uh, back to what we've shown the rest of the year. But early on, I mean, we, we got up 17 nothing early and, and drove the ball down. Obviously, that first drive helped with a blocked punt and going down and scoring right away. Although that play, I, the way we recovered that was just kind of funny. When you pick it up in the end zone. It was just kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to complain too much, but I was like, what are they doing? Like, they literally, one yard away guarantees a touchdown. There were so many different ways you could have got about that. You could have let it roll another, like, two two yards. You could have, like, picked it up because there were four of you around the ball. Just picked it up and walked in. It's just kind of funny. I mean, like you said, can't complain, but – uh, touch on the touchdown we scored in the very next play. So that started the game off well, and then we just let Purdue creep back in it, and we started to get nervous, and David Bell catches an 81-yard touchdown pass to cut it to seven, and we're like, oh, boy. But then we put together a really good drive and and go down there and, and get some points back on the board and seal the deal. So uh, we're going to go through our rankings here. That I, I struggled with a little bit because – to start the game, I'm like, shit, if we run away with this and win this game by 40, 
we're, we're this is like an a quality game like this is what we should do to a team like purdue even you know in whatever year but then i'm like okay it didn't happen but yeah we still won so how, how are we going to rank it so uh it's as we go through these keep in mind our expectations are right now we would have loved to be a 500 team so our, our expectations is a c is a 500 team i know that Purdue is not a very good team, and if you're saying that we're ranking grading too high because we should be better than this, you're right. If I'm looking, if I'm grading off of where I think Scott Frost should be right now in year three, this game probably deserves about a, a D plus or a C minus. It does. But if I'm just if I'm just looking at where we're at right now, expectations of being a 500 team, here's what I think. So just want to put that out there so people aren't questioning why are you guys ranking so high against a bad Purdue team? Well, our expectations right now aren't that, aren't, aren't that high. So we're, we're in, we're in a pre-algebra. We're not quite in algebra two yet. <laughs> yep. We kind of set that at the beginning of the year. We said we, like, we should be a 500 team. So that should be average for us. Yes. So, so we've right, been well, consistent- go ahead. I was say, we've been consistently grading on that scale. Yep. So, Okay, let's get into it. Let's start with our passing offense. Um, Adrian Martinez started quarterback for us. We both hit that pick last week, unlike our guest picker. Um, Adrian was 23 for 30, 242 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And this yeah, is no hot... interceptions. Yep. Yeah, uh, one interception. Yep. Sorry. I, I'm talking about. I was on. I was looking at his season stats. He was 243 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, uh, and I gave him the highest rating we have all year in passing offense with a B. Um, I thought we were efficient. We still didn't have any too many explosive plays, but we had a couple of deeper passes downfield. And I thought our blocking on our stretch screen plays were were better. We actually had a nice little tunnel screen in there, which, I mean, we you know, a lot of the screen passes for us throws are just quick screens and then go. This was actually designed differently where it was a tunnel, so the receiver's coming back to the ball and then continues on his path towards the middle of the field. We ran one of those for about 15 yards in the game, which I thought was a good play call and a way, a, a creative way to get yards. So I thought we did okay. A passing, passing um, protection was pretty decent for the most part. So I gave us a B overall. I also gave us a B for similar reasons. I thought the protection was great. I mean, there were times where, at least most of the game, there were, I mean, but I felt like Adrian had plenty of time to survey the field. Like, I don't, I rarely felt like he was being rushed out of the pocket. Like, it was looking like he was actually trying to get through his progressions. Adrian was pretty efficient with his passes. There weren't a ton of passes where I was actually worried about it getting picked off. You know, there weren't any just errant throws. I felt they were all pretty close to on target. There was maybe one or two that were short, but mm-hmm. nothing like we've seen the first couple of weeks. Um, and, I mean, yeah, we had 242 yards, which is a respectable amount. One touchdown, no interceptions, which was big. Yep. Um, that was one of my main factors that I thought we did well. So we just – we played secure football, which – is the building stone. First you protect the ball and then you start to go big. So once now that we're getting better at protecting the ball, hopefully we'll build on that. So I give us a B as well. All right. Rushing offense. I'll let you start this one off. 
So our rushing offense, I gave us a C plus. It wasn't anything special. Adrian ran it pretty well. Um, 13 for 45 for two touchdowns. Dedrick Mills was back 16 carries for 60 and one. Um, outside of that, there was a couple here and there, but I, I gave us a C plus cause I thought Dedrick moved it well. He wasn't, you know, gang breaking by any means. Like it wasn't torching anyone, but whenever we gave him the ball, he was getting, I felt it was like a good four yard chunk every time when he wasn't getting tackled for a loss, which wasn't often. Um, so it was a little bit above average. We did pretty well running up the middle. Um, Adrian had that incredible scramble for the touchdown there in the first quarter Yep, where he just like bounced off people. And I was just impressed with Dedrick. Honestly, I thought he looked, he didn't, you know, his stats don't really show up, but I thought he looked pretty good in his first game back after two or three weeks off. Yep. I, I'm with you. I gave us a C just slightly below. It was nice to have a running back back, a pure pure running back and not having to put Wandale back there. When we opened the game with Luke as running back, I'm like, oh boy, what's going to happen this game? Uh, But yeah, you you hit it on the head with, you know, Diedrich got four yard chunks. He averaged just below that 3.8 yards a carry. uh, And that led our team in yards per carry per player. So I didn't want to go any higher because you know, we just didn't quite have any of those explosive runs that you'd like to see out of an offense. But you're you're right. The, the, the goal line running and some of the play calling there was, was efficient. We did have three rushing touchdowns, and those all came close when we got in on the goal line. So that was a good sign to see. And one of my keys to the game last week was just being physical in our offensive line and defensive line. And we hit that on the head as far as them both looking really well. Our, our defensive line, when we get to it here, looked really well. But um, mm-hmm. our offensive line did, did its job uh, this week and, and did a good job against a guy, a couple of guys up front there in, in George Carl, Carl Loftus and Lorenzo Neal are big dudes for Purdue and guys that are probably going to play on Sunday. So uh, I think they did a pretty good job against those guys up front. And um, yeah, I gave them a C, per, pretty average, just still no, no, no explosiveness there, but overall pretty good. Okay, uh, rushing defense. I'll start on this one, and I gave us an A. I I thought we did about everything we could against their their uh, rushing offense. You could tell right away from the beginning that once they figured out, yep, they're not going to be able to run against our, our front seven. We just got to throw the ball. They kind of stopped. So I wanted to give us an A plus because I wanted to see them try running it a little more and, and us stopping them, but they kind of stopped, so I just gave us an A. They did have negative two rushing yards on – the game so they didn't even get above zero and that also yeah. came from a lot of our sacks which I guess falls into the passing defense category but yeah I gave us an A on rushing D and I gave us an A plus I mean even if you take away the negative 23 yards for the sacks it's still only 21 rushing yards for a whole game I think if we you know I agree they didn't run it a whole lot and they're not really a rushing team and so I don't hate that you gave them an A, so there's room for improvement. But if you hold a team to 21 rushing yards, like, it can't get better than that. Technically, they got negative two rushing yards, you yep. know. Like, that's a hard standard to beat. So I had to give them an A plus just because that's the, that is the perfect rushing defense, right? Yep. You actually only moved them backwards. Yep, that's fair. And Purdue's rushing offense – we even knew coming in was just not very good. Right. 
right. And I, I, that's why I agree that, you know, it's nice that you gave him a, cause there is room to improve cause it wasn't a good running attack, you know, so we didn't really prove anything against a good off rushing offense, but I had to give him the plus <laughs> negative two <laughs> yards for a game. That's tough. <laughs> All right. Passing defense. I'll let you start this one out. Cause I struggled with this one a bit. So I actually gave us a B minus, um, you know, you look through their stats. They obviously came in. They've got two first-round talents with David Bell and Rondale Moore. Um, Bell had 10 for 132, and Moore had 13 for 78. But, you know, going into the game, my, one of my core or keys to the game was we couldn't let them get a lot of yards after the catch. And I think, I mean, Rondale – we held, we held him pretty contained. Like, he did not get the ball and run it. Even if he was catching it in a screen pass, we were getting to him in the first yard or two. Um, and if you subtract the 89-yard touchdown pass with, by Bell, where we had two defenders in good position, they just hit each other. You know, I mean, Cam Taylor Britt, Britt, Britt was right there for it. Um, but they took each other out, which opened it up for Bell. You take that out, I mean, they didn't – you know, they only threw up for 246 yards, 45 yards or whatever. 334. Right, but if you subtract the 89. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that was pretty, that's pretty well done for a team that's solely designed around the offensive pass um, with two, you know, first-round talents. Yeah, this was so tough for me to grade. This was the toughest category, honestly, that I've – that I think we've done this year um, in any game because there was just so much going on. One, coming into the game, we knew Purdue was one of the best, if not the best, passing offense in the Big Ten, and they're up there in the country too. That's all they can do because their running game is so bad. So we knew they are going to pass it. You mentioned the two just stud wide receivers that are two of the best in the conference as well. So we knew all this coming in. And then you look at the stat line and just how the game went. Those two receivers caught 23 passes between the two of them, which, yeah, it's a lot. But you hit the that nail was on the only offense. <laughs> and you hit the nail on the head, though. Like, we didn't let Rondale get loose. He averaged six yards a, six yards a catch. Like, he only had 78 yards, which is, for him, like, they're going to get him the ball whenever way they can. But the big thing was we kept him, we tackled him in the open field. And then David Bell, without that one 81-yard catch, he was nine for 51. So – that's even less yards per catch. Like, I, I, whether that was our game plan or not, like, I thought we executed it pretty well. So, I was torn on where to go with this because I thought our secondary played really, really well. And then, not only on top of that, I thought our rushing defense or our passing rush was really, really good. And we got a lot of sacks. Now, granted, their offensive line is not very good, but I thought we put a lot of pressure on on – Jack Plummer and it, it was so hard because I wanted to give him a really good grade but then that one catch just kind of threw a wrench in everything and but again I don't know I saw that one catch I thought we were in good position to you know like if we I, don't tackle each other I'm with you but it still happened that's fair that's fair. I'm with I'm with you like we were there but we didn't make the play on the ball um and and it, it just happened at a point in the game where we couldn't afford that so yeah, I gave us a C plus. Um, the more I'm talking about it, I want to go higher just because of the expectations coming in. But 
I'm going to stick with the C plus just because there were still 334 passing yards, which is towards the top of what we've um, given up this year. So uh, moving into special teams, and this also was not a very easy category. I gave us a B. I gave us a B. Uh, Connor Culp had his career long at 49-yard field goal. It wasn't pretty. The rotation on the ball wasn't pretty, but it went in. Um, we had a couple of decent returns. We had a blocked punt that we almost returned for a touchdown, talked about that. But then on the other side, we also had a punt that was blocked on our own. And we had a really bad kick-catch interference on Cam Taylor-Britt that kind of switched the momentum of where things were going and gave him an extra 15 yards. So I feel like it was good because we made a couple of plays and, and we hit our field goals and stuff, but also we had a couple of nicks. So I gave us a B. Yeah, and I kind of – I also – this one I might have struggled with more than any of the other ones. Um, I gave us a B plus because Colt did hit, you know, 49-yard field goal. I, I what he had? How many field goals did he have? Three, two, three, three for three, three field goals. He had, he had three field goals, four extra points. I'll hit them all with a long of forty nine. Um, you know our punting, we did pretty well putting them in good, decent, you know, position. We didn't really ever give up big returns on the punting end. Um, and then, you know, we averaged. They only had two punts, but, you know, we returned those for an average of, what would that be, 32 yards? Yep. 33 yards-ish. Um, and then, yeah, so, yeah, and we had the blocked punt that basically turned into a touchdown. It could have easily been a special, team t- special teams touchdown. Um, and they had their blocked punt. So, if you cancel out the blocked punts and you know, if you expect a, an a performance would be hitting all your field goals, all your extra points, getting good returns, you know, so I dock it a little bit cause we did get a blocked punt, but we also blocked one of theirs. So I gave us a B plus. Okay. I was impressed. I was impressed. Yep. We've definitely had worse days. <laughs> definitely had worse. Okay. And the last bucket play calling game management also a lot in this little category. Third downs, we were 6 for 15, 40%, still not great, but better than what we've been showing in the past. And then penalties on both sides of the ball were just atrocious. Uh, we had nine penalties for 107, a couple of them being pretty stupid penalties uh, by Deontay Williams had one out of bounds. Kick-catch interference wasn't great. Um, and then, But on t- the bright side is Purdue made even stupider penalties. They had 11 for 126. They had a bit. The big thing here that I want to point out is we had zero turnovers. And yep. when you don't turn the ball over, it just makes for a clean game and gives you a really good chance to win. And doing that here, I think, contributes a lot. I thought play calling, I actually – now, you could say this for about anything, but, you know, when plays work, they're great play calls. When they don't work, it's a bad play call. But right. I thought we were a little more creative here. And and our offense looked a little more smooth and in rhythm. Um, so I, I thought our play calling was better. Game management, you know, we, we had some points in the game, end of the first half where, you know, you wish – you kind of wish we would have either held on the ball or even scored. But then, you know, we get a punt block. They get the ball. They get, they get some points out of it. 
you don't really like that happening as far as a game manage, management standpoint. Um, you also don't like how they kind of came back, but you love our last drive. So this one was another torn category for me. I, I also gave us a B. I gave us a B minus. Um, you know, we did I, – I did like our play calling better, but um, I do expect – I do, you know, f- to be higher, we need to be better on third downs, which is something we've been harping about all year, and penalties. Neither of those got better. I mean, third downs got a little bit better, but penalties did not get better. Um, and then I wish we would have ran the ball a little bit more. I, You know, I we weren't really having too many issues on the ground, but – towards the end of the game when we had the big lead, you know, we just kept trying to pass it when I kind of wish we would have switched over a little bit more to the running. And then I also was surprised, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say this was a bad or a good thing, but just a comment on game plan. I was surprised how little Luke McCaffrey was used. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't see really hardly any field one pass for 11 and, four rushes for four yards and all of those were, I mean, you knew he was going to run the ball when he came in. So I was surprised with that. Um, We didn't have a ton of plays with our wide receivers downfield, but so I gave us a B minus. We were still above average. There's still plenty of things that we can work on though. Yep. I like it. So overall, I think we both agree. And I think we're about going to be the same here. I gave us a B and that's about the averages of all my categories. It, it just felt like it, an above-average game that I was happy we won. We obviously could have ran away with it by the way it started, and that would have been worthy of an A or an A+, plus, but um, we didn't do that. We still had some flaws, still have a lot of things we need to clean up and get better at uh, and, and keep moving forward here, keep building good habits, as we've talked about before, and making sure that we're moving in the right direction. And we have a chance to do that. Uh, this upcoming week against a Minnesota team that's down some players. It looks like we're going to play. Opening line, we're pretty big favorite at 10.5 because of a lot of that. So it's a great opportunity for us to win um, another game here. So w- what do you have us overall? I had us at a B. Um, same reasons. There's plenty of room for improvement, but we moved the ball well. We scored a lot of points. We were in control for most of the game. They got a little bit back in there towards the end after, you know, an 89-yard touchdown pass kind of put them back in the mix, which, I, you know, we had good coverage on it. We just blew – you know, we just messed up one time. and um, Plenty of room for improvement, but it was what I would – you know, it was well executed. So I was pleasantly surprised, so I guess it would be as well. Yeah, we haven't beat Purdue the past couple of years, so – yeah, last year we lost on the final play to their third-string quarterback, so <laughs> improvements. Yep, uh, so as I mentioned, Minnesota this upcoming week, we'll be doing a preview of them uh, in the middle of the week this week. And then we have our championship weekend game, whatever you want to call it, which will be to, to be determined, but it's looking like there's a chance it could be Michigan, it could be Michigan State, could be Rutgers, could be Maryland are some teams we're looking at. So Penn State's in there too. Penn State's in there too. There's a lot of teams in that mix, um, but there's a chance that we can still get the four and four, and that that's going to give us a pretty good shot to get into a bowl game. Now I know a lot of them are getting canceled 
and uh, we, we we're not really sure what that could look like, but you would think four and four what is going to give us a pretty good shot at playing a bowl game, which we haven't done in a couple of years. So what, what are your thoughts on bowl game chances, thoughts? Obviously we got to win two games still, but they both should be games that should be winnable at this point. Um, and I believe you could say we're trending in the right direction. Yeah, I'd say we're trending in the right direction. Minnesota scares me. Um, they're well coached. Their season doesn't reflect it, but they're well coached. Um, and I mean, bowl eligibility, we'll see. I would be interested to see how the championship week match goes. And I think we both projected us to be 500 at the beginning of the season. Yep, I think that's about right. So it kind of, it honestly depends on who we play. Do I think we beat Michigan? I, I, it's so hard. That whole other side, you know, Penn State, Michigan. Michigan State's had surprise moments. Rutgers has been surprising this year. Maryland's had its moments. You know, it hasn't been – not to get too far out, you know, out of our recap, but all of those teams, they haven't been consistently bad because bad, they've had really good games. Mm-hmm. You know, on our side, we've had, we haven't had a really good game. You know, we've been consistent – Pretty much is just which way does it break this week? You know, we haven't blown anyone out or vice versa. You know, the other side, I have no idea. So I'd be, I am not optimistic that we end up 500 and maybe get to a bowl game, but I would still anticipate uh, the Big Ten being in bowls. I don't think they'll cancel any bowls that the Big Ten would be part of, but could be wrong. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. I, I, I give us a very slim chance of getting there, you know, 20% chance. But, you know, it, it's at least in sight right now, and it gives the guys something to play for, hopefully, here in the next couple of games. Okay, can't stop talking about football without touching on this. Mackenzie Milton put his name in the transfer porter, portal, and people are obviously throwing out Nebraska as a potential landing spot for him with Scott Frost being our head coach. You're already shaking your head no. Nope, I don't think he's coming here. Did you you hear Adrian Martinez post game interview? Yeah, like I love that was a great interview. Yep. You know, I was harping on Martinez early this year and like benching for Luke McCaffrey. After I heard that, I was like, screw it, put Martinez in. The the man gets it. Like, yep. okay, I'm good. Yeah, he. Uh, I think the best thing that happened to him was he got benched, and I think, you know, his mind worked its way through hopefully at least it looked like this game we still have a lot to see here but it looks like that he, he's back in rhythm a little bit and looks more comfortable in there and even in his post-game press conference it, he just felt a lot, a lot more relaxed so yep. his now, last with, two games have been very efficient very efficient games yep so with that being said now we have Luke who you mentioned didn't get a whole lot of touches thoughts on what he might decide to do here obviously it depends a lot on these last couple of games but you think he might potentially leave the program or not i don't know that's tough because he did get to start this year he doesn't lose a year of eligibility i wouldn't be surprised if he left um you know his older brother shoot what's his name the other mccaffrey played at michigan then transferred when he didn't start i was dylan i think dylan mccaffrey Dylan McCaffrey was at Michigan. He didn't start. He transferred. 
would it surprise me if another McCaffrey transferred because they don't get the starting job? I mean, they're, I mean, they're good players. They're good athletes. They're, they will get a good team to land on. You know, they're not going to end up at Western Kentucky. You know, they're probably going to end up well, in a power I, five. I, I'd like us to still try to get them involved and, and, you know, not sure what the game plan was against Purdue, but obviously Luke wasn't a big part of that. I'd like to see us still find a way to get him the ball, maybe more receiver if we can. Um, I know we've started him at running back. I, I just don't know that him running out of the backfields is – Forte, but I think there's still opportunities in Frost offense to get him going, even with Adrian as our starting quarterback. And um, I know Frost has been experimenting with both of them, and, and I it looks like he's probably deciding with Adrian moving forward here the next couple of games. So uh, it'll Adrian's be interesting. The Adrian's the better passer. Yeah, Frost system relies too much on the passing game to not have a better passer in there. Not saying he's a great passer, but he's better than Luke. Yep, I agree. All right, well, we'll, like I said, we'll be talking more about the Minnesota preview here and maybe find out who some of these guys are that aren't playing. I'm not really sure who they are right now, but uh, we'll give a preview for that. But before we get off here, we got to talk a little bit about some Nebraska ball and what we have upcoming this week. We mentioned last week that our game on Sunday against Florida A&M was going to be postponed due to COVID. Maybe we didn't mention that. I don't think we did. It hadn't been postponed until like a couple hours later or something like yeah, that. It was that night, but yeah, I don't think we mentioned it. So yeah, that game got postponed due to a coach on the Florida A&M staff testing positive. So we didn't play that game, which disappointing because it's probably one of the games we could have won and added to that win total. But we do have a couple of big games this week, and now we're going to start getting into the thicker part of our schedule against some better quality opponents and and it starts this week against Georgia Tech here on Wednesday and then Creighton on Friday we will preview the Creighton game a little more later in the week but let's talk a little bit about Georgia Tech and what we know first what we know they are one two and they lost to Georgia State in quadruple overtime what a game that was didn't watch I have no idea but quadruple overtime I'm sure there was some crazy stuff happening. They lost to Mercer, and then they go and they beat Kentucky. by. And it wasn't just they beat them. They whooped them. They beat them by 17. It really wasn't a game. Um, now, no, Kentucky is on – they were one and two going into the game. You know, Kentucky wasn't undefeated. No, I know, but it still is Kentucky. It's still Kentucky. Yeah. And nope. it, who knows how good Kentucky is? Um, Kentucky did play with – actually, no, they did not play with – yeah, they did play with Kansas. They played with Kansas early in the year, lost by three. So, mm-hmm. it it's hard to tell, but, you know, Georgia Tech, they, they, they beat a good team, but they also lost a couple of teams that you wouldn't think a, a Power 5 team would be losing. Um, they are led by uh, forward – by the name of Moses Wright. He's averaging 24 game form uh, and also 11 rebounds. So he's doing a lot inside for, for them and he, blocking a lot of shots. He's just an athlete. I, I've read that he's a guy that has potential to play at the next level just because of the playmaker he is. So he's definitely the guy to watch on this Yellow Jacket team. Uh, and then their next four guys are all pretty even in, in Jose Alvarado, Bubba Parnum, Michael DeVoe, uh, Jordan Usher, all, all guys that are putting up about 12 to 15 a game 
um, and should be expected to be hearing their names being called on Wednesday. That game is on ESPN 2, I believe, at 6.15 on Wednesday. Anything else to add on the Yellow Jackets or the game? It's hard to tell how good they are, and it's hard to tell how good we are because North Dakota State, they played Kansas pretty tight the other night, and we thumped them. Like, they lost to Kansas by six or something like that. It was a four-point game, and they played Creighton earlier in the year, and it was a tight game, too. It's weird. You know, you can compare games like that all along, but Nebraska would have been the last team, I would have guessed, out of Nebraska, Kansas, and Creighton to – to be the highest scoring winner over North Dakota State. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's like, yeah, as I was about to say, it's just hard to tell, you know, this early how much a win means over someone else because Kansas beat Duke earlier. And, yeah, so I expect it to be a close game. It looks like George is one of those teams that plays to their opponents. Yeah, but I don't see a line out here yet for the game. I'm sure it'll be coming out tomorrow. Normally basketball lines are released one day in advance. Uh, There are a couple of big games tomorrow in college basketball. Super Tuesday, it's back. North Carolina, 16th ranked, is playing number three, Iowa. Um, Number six, Illinois, is playing at number 10, Duke. And then... Number – oh, I thought there was one more ranked game. Oh, I think there is. Yeah, number eight, Creighton's playing at number five, Kansas. What do you think about those games? Well, I think the Big Ten has too many teams in the top ten. <laughs> That's just not going to be a thing. Um, I expect I, – I don't think Illinois is as good as they're ranked. I also don't think Creighton's as good as their rank because I watched Creighton play UNO and I was like, these guys should be putting them away and they're not. So I do not expect big things from Creighton or Illinois. It's funny, Iowa, you, say I have that. It's funny you say that because I just bet on both of those teams tonight in my other podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and mine wasn't so much for those teams. It was more that I don't know that Kansas is, is what they're up to and I don't know that Duke is what they're up to either. I think – so, not again, and this might be a better Wednesday topic, but, you know, I think this, this young college basketball is finally starting to catch up yeah. as far as talent and team-wise, especially this year with COVID and the restrictions. I think we'll really see younger teams struggle, which are usually the top-tier talented teams. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Creighton, Nebraska, early line, do you, are you – what do you think the spread's going to be? I would guess Creighton by 14 and a half, maybe. I was going to say about 12 is what I was thinking around there. So we'll see. All right. You got anything else before we sign off? Uh, shout out to Lady Huskers, 2 0. Start of the year. Beat. I mean, Oral Roberts University, and I can't remember who they beat the other night, but hopefully uh, we're turning that that program around, make splash in the Big Ten. Yeah. Shout out. Coach Amy Williams. Coach Amy Williams. Last year they lost a lot of close games, so this year I'm hoping they win a lot of close games. They did. All right. Well, we'll be back Wednesday previewing the Minnesota Golden Gophers and Mr. P.J. Fleck himself. 
But until then, signing off, go Big Red. GBR. of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. 